Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Have you ever seen a stupider media in your life? Well, uh, well, there were 6,000 and uh, the the place wasn't packed. Well, the Secret Service is 10 to 12. Well, that's still uh, hundreds of... Ladies and gentlemen, the audience watching the president's speech in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which included my family, and we thought it was terrific. We were laughing. It was just superb. Was the highest audience on a Saturday that Fox News has ever had in its entire quarter of a century history. So people didn't show up because they were being threatened. They didn't want to take their kids there. Maybe it was the coronavirus. Maybe it was the punks who were buying tickets and not showing up. Who cares? It was a massive audience. Now that's Fox. And you throw in C-SPAN, you throw in the other channels too. It was massive. Millions and millions of people. But the media out there, you know, wow, what's that? Are you 6,000? Meanwhile, there's Biden in his padded basement. He can't even keep an audience of one. His wife doesn't even want to be around him, apparently. It's just more of the same, more of the same. Keep it in mind when you're voting. You want to get back at these people, make sure you vote. Make sure you vote for the president. And uh, I'm starting to think, Mr. Producer, I need to give a list of some of the statues and memorials and so forth that Antifa and Black Lives Matter and other Marxist anarchist groups, I mean, if we're going to be consistent here, should be tearing down, but aren't tearing down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, leave Gandhi alone. Leave Churchill alone. 
Leave Grant alone. Leave Lincoln alone. I mean, we got Franklin Roosevelt there. And what about Woodrow Wilson? We got schools named after Woodrow Wilson. We have Nancy Pelosi's daddy in Baltimore. We got all kinds of stuff going on around here. We got Robert Byrd statues galore in West Virginia. Man, that would take like 10 years to knock all those down, Mr. Producer. We've got all kinds of Democrats, relatively modern Democrats. Statues, buildings, all kinds of stuff. But notice they don't touch them. They don't touch them. You want to know why? And I'll prove this to you later. And I've said it to you already in the past. These people are Democrats. They're Democrats. They're going to vote for Joe Biden. They're going to vote Democrat for the House. They're going to vote Democrat for the Senate if they have a Senate race. They're Democrats. That's what they are. The rioters in the big cities? Democrats. The mostly peaceful protesters out of our universities? and Democrat. You know, I noticed, I didn't see, and I'm not talking about race or color, but I don't think I saw a lot of blue-collar people marching. Did you, Mr. Producer? You know, like plumbers and electrician and truck drivers and cab drivers and so forth. I, I don't believe I saw a lot of that. I thought I saw a lot of like college students and professors and teacher types. More white collar. May I say, white privilege. But Nancy Pelosi herself, why doesn't she step down and allow Clyburn to be the Speaker of the House? She stands in the way of Clyburn. So is Stempy Hoyer. Two very white people. Why don't they step? And, and what's with the Schumer? Shouldn't he step aside and allow Cory Booker, he's an African-American, become the, uh, the leader of the Democrats in the Senate? Why not? And by the way, Kamala Harris is not an African-American. She's half Indian and half Jamaican. Aren't I right about that, Mr. Producer? She's a black American. Don't get me wrong. You know, if we're going to have this identity stuff from the left and the media, let's get it right. Certainly not a put down. I don't really care where people are from or what their skin tone is. That's not me. That's the left. But why shouldn't Nancy Pelosi step down? Her father appears to have been at least a quasi-racist based on the, the uh, characterization the left uses and the media uses today, right? Now, she's been in Congress a hell of a long time. She's been in Congress a hell of a long time, and now suddenly she wants to take portraits down, and suddenly she wants to take down uh, statues. That's a real leader there. So Hakeem Jeffries, you know, he's asked, shouldn't Pelosi step aside? Something I've been talking about and so forth. Shouldn't she step aside and some of the others? And allow people of color to fill their slot. No, no. That, let's listen. Cut seven. Go. If Democrats retain the House, do you think that Nancy Pelosi should step aside and we should have a, a black speaker of the House? Uh, not at all. Nancy Pelosi has done a phenomenal job as speaker. Doesn't Maybe matter. Not. Doesn't matter. That's not the point. That's not the point at all. Go ahead people agenda, which has been focused on lowering health care costs, increasing pay for everyday Americans, uh, dealing with defending our democracy, 
our COVID-19 response has been uh, tremendous and comprehensive. We will pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act this Thursday, uh, which will help strike a blow. Boy, I'll tell you what, Nancy really has her caucus lined up, doesn't she, Mr. Producer? They are scared of her, man. I tell you what, you better not step out. For all the revolutionary talk, they have an 80-year-old, multimillionaire, San Francisco, white woman of privilege. With multiple estates, which I thought we're supposed to be opposed to. No, she's not going to step aside. She's just too good of a liberal. Or shall I say, leftist. She's just too good. She's too good. No, she shouldn't step down. No, no, no. The white privilege leadership of the Democrat Party, it's okay. There's Clyburn sitting there in number three spot for 20 years. No, 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 no. He's got to wait his turn. He's got to wait in line when Nancy decides to step down. And there's Schumer. They're not even talking. You know, here's a Democrat Party. There's three black senators in the United States Senate. One Republican, two Democrats. Really? Gets no attention. In this time of race sensitivity and, and identity politics, isn't that shocking? Apparently not. So what's the goal here? What is the goal of Black Lives Matter? Now, we know it's a Marxist operation. I demonstrated that for you last week. And, of course, it's all over the Internet, all over websites, all over talk radio, as they plagiarize and rip off. But that's okay. We link and we give credit. That's called doing things the right way. And it's good practice to teach your kids, and it's a good practice to to be in. Patrice Coolers, or Colors, C-U-L-L-O-R-S, a co-founder of Black Lives Matter. And we played that piece to you the other day where she says she's trained in Marxism. They're Marxists. Now, even though we have the backbenchers ripping off left and right, notice CNN, MSNBC, I don't know if Chris Wallace had it or not, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, nothing, nothing. That's not a big... Since when did Marxism become a fad? And the hundred million people who were slaughtered under the, under the banner of Marxism, since when is that a fad? Since now, apparently. But here she is being interviewed by the utterly clueless and dumbfounded and confounded Jake Tapper. Cut eight, go. I heard a lot of criticism of former Vice President Joe Biden from civil rights activists. Um, the election obviously will be a choice. How do you think Biden matches up compared to President Trump? When now, let's stop these- right there for a second. Notice, and we listen to the whole thing. You don't need to hear it. He doesn't dig into her background, does he, Mr. Producer? He doesn't. What is Black Lives Matter? What is their budget? Who funds you? Uh, we have this Daily Caller piece that suggests you're spending an awful lot of money on, uh, on non-Marxist activist activity. You told somebody else that you're trained in Marxism. Do you support the overthrow? None of it. Because Jake Tapper's a fraud. You want to know the truth? Jake Tapper is one of them. In other words, ideologically, he's one of them. As are most of the media. I'll get to that later. So how does she respond when he says... Uh, think Biden matches compared to President Trump when it comes to these issues that are important to you. Now keep in mind Biden's background. 
He bragged about working with Southern segregationists. He worked on the 1994 crime bill, which he's run away from, which I happen to think was a good bill, me personally. Not every aspect, but so what? Made the country safer. And other things that Biden has said that are blatantly racist. Go ahead. They're important to you. Well, um, hands down, Trump not only needs to not be in office in November, uh, but he should resign now. Um, we, Trump needs to be out of office. He's not fit for office. So let's stop for a second there. So she wants Trump out now. Now, he should resign. Why? Because she says so, of course. So what is she going to do? She's going to vote for Biden. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Every person you see on TV who is joining this movement or linked to this movement or mouthpiece for this movement, they're Democrats and they're voting Democrat. 98% of them. 98% of them. Go ahead. What we are going to push for is a move to get Trump out while we're also going to continue to push and pressure uh, Vice President Joe Biden around his policies and relationship to policing and criminalization. That's going to be important. But our goal is to get Trump out. So we'll pressure Biden on our Marxist agenda, which, by the way, involves more than uh, black lives, involves all lives, and is a, a, a horrific, inhumane ideology. But our goal is to get Trump. To get Trump. Now look, it's not that I'm prescient. I told you what their goal was. I told you they were Marxist anarchists and they're focused targeting Trump. And that's exactly what's going on. It's sort of the AOC wing of the Democrat Party. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger as they're trying to knock off left-wing Democrats in and around uh, various metropolitan areas, including New York and, and other cities. And this is exactly why Biden and Pelosi and Schumer cannot condemn them. And this is exactly why Hollywood and professional athletes, the vast majority of whom vote Democrat and contribute to Democrats, won't condemn them either. In fact, they insist you, you follow them. Otherwise, you are obviously a racist. If you're white and if you're black, you're an Uncle Tom. A couple of weeks ago, I came behind this microphone shortly after my little Barney passed away, and I told you that the Democrat Party is at war with America. These are Marxist anarchists. You have other elements within the Democrat Party, but it's the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is not what it used to be, or maybe it is what it used to be. It's a very evil institution from slavery to segregation to quote-unquote democratic socialism and now pulling down statues, effectively book burning, movie burning, absolutely intolerant. It's the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party is very, very violent. That's its history. Very violent. And the Democrat Party really has never stood for Americanism. It's always opposed it in one form or another, whether it's the Confederacy, whether it's the segregationist South, uh, and now whether it's democratic socialists in the inner cities and beyond, our college campuses. It's never satisfied with Americanism. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. (laughs) 
At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith, and their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion? All students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of the stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Now, what's happening in our country, and I thought uh, Professor John Ellis was really superb last night on Life, Liberty, and Levin, but what's happening in our country is that our education system has turned into a vast indoctrination system, particularly at the uh, college and university levels. This is one of the reasons, and we've talked about this before. Bernie Sanders says he wants free college for everybody. He wants everybody to go through the indoctrination mill because he knows what I know and you know, which is the overwhelming majority of professors are hardcore leftists, Marxists, socialists, you name it. And the overwhelming majority are about indoctrination, not education. And you and I are paying for this. And it's time that our states and the federal government start cutting funds to colleges and universities. They have massive endowments, they build these massive empires, but they insulate the faculty, and they insulate the deans and the heads of the various schools. And so what you're getting is not education. You're getting brainwashing. And it's caught up with us now, one generation after another after another. And that's why you see the toppling of statues. That's why you see, quote-unquote, mostly peaceful protests, many of which are mostly violent. That's why you see a complete and utter ignorance about American history. And that's why you see a hatred for America's founders and an embrace of Marxism, quote-unquote, democratic socialism, and all the rest. This is the oligopoly, if you will, but a monopoly of ideology that must be broken up. We need to start to cut the funds to these operations. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Popular education, that's what we call it. Popular education. What's so popular about it? Well, popular meaning everybody can go to elementary school and middle school and high school. Very cool. Who runs them? Who runs them? Well, the unions run them. Most of them are run by the National Education Association affiliates, and others, particularly in the cities, are run by the American Federation of Teachers affiliates. Well, who are they? Well, go online and look who they donate to. Almost 100% Democrat. Now, Murkowski of Alaska has figured out how to get their support. They give her money, and a lot of it, during her campaigns, because she's bought and paid for by them. But she's one of the rare ones. And they push every social activism agenda item. Their union does. Their members do, with exceptions, of course. Their members do, and it bleeds into the classrooms. And almost none of you parents know what's going on in these classrooms. Unless your children tell you. Almost none of you. Almost none of you. Colleges and universities. We pour hundreds of billions of dollars into these institutions. The thinking is, you've got the best and the brightest teaching your students how to become engineers, mathematicians, scientists, and an advanced level, doctors and lawyers. And so, well, what else are they teaching? Ideology. Studies become indoctrination. Anti-Americanism, pro-Marxism, true voices of knowledge, whether in textbooks or in person, are purged. Knowledge is purged. Teachers and professors have become activists, ideological preachers. The aim now is brainwashing through books, texts, to reinforce a particular viewpoint. And it's always the left viewpoint. It's a monopoly of ideology, as I call it. Rather than teaching how to think, you're taught to be intolerant, unreceptive to contrary information, information that might challenge the ideological pursuits of the mastermind who's teaching your children. Debate and discussion or challenge are not accepted or disapproved of. History and experience are cherry-picked. They're only used to reinforce the ideology, not to develop rational thinking, 
Not to develop the mind, to form the mind. In this sense, education replaces religion. It becomes a religion. It's not education at all. Repetition, slogans, causes, and you hear them in the streets. The incestuous nature, as I wrote about in Plunder and Deceit, the incestuous nature of the faculty cannot be overstated. Faculty and faculty deans are involved in the selection of the next generation of faculty. They demand ideological purity, and they choose faculty, future faculty, from many of the same institutions from where they, they came, with an emphasis on Ivy League schools, and certainly an emphasis on schools that are radical left. And so when you go into a classroom as a student, or you think about it as a parent, you're thinking that teacher, that professor, they must be well-trained, knowledgeable, they have an advanced degree, you know, went to college, went to graduate school, they did this, they did that. And they're going to school in these magnificent buildings, as Professor Ellis said. I mean, they look like truly education centers. Granite, marble, lots of stairs, lots of columns, big libraries, thick textbooks, people wearing glasses. But for a great deal of what goes on, that's not the reality. Professors are looked at as almost omniscient. And many of them are very charismatic. And many of them are truly ignorant. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they don't know so much. Because the goal is propaganda. Passion. Even violence replace knowledge. And this spills into all the other areas of society, as I discussed last night with Professor Ellis. You can see it. You can see the former drama students in Hollywood. You can see it. The screenwriters. The executive boardrooms today in these various massive corporations, you might think, well, they're conservative. No, they come out of these same schools. The athletes who are pampered in these universities hear the same, the same thing. Basketball players, NFL players, others, sportscasters. But particularly in journalism particularly in journalism. And as I've pointed out to you before, and this professor, Jay Rosen, really can't stand me because I've exposed him, but he's one of hundreds and hundreds. He's at New York University. He's a leading voice in this idea of journalist, journalism social activism. But he's really picking up where John Dewey left off. John Dewey a hundred years ago. And their basic premise is this. You can't just report the news in a vacuum. There must be a reason for the news that you choose. There must be a reason for the way that you present it. And what should that reason be? To advance society. 
which of course to them means social activism. Leftism, democratic socialism, Marxism, whatever you wish to call it. And so what journalists are told and taught, and when they're together, the group think and group mentality, is that's their job. And the more they do it, the more professional they are. And the more they do it, the more they're advancing society. So Bernie Sanders is presented one way and Donald Trump's presented another way. Democrats are presented one way, Republicans are presented another way. Unless, of course, the Republicans are useful idiots. And many of them are. And so together they're out to get Donald Trump because Donald Trump is, is a huge, huge problem. So, so for them... Again, as I discussed with Professor Ellis, but we've talked about before, the destruction, evisceration of Donald Trump is not only legitimate, it's righteous. He dared to defeat Hillary Clinton, who was the third term of Obama. And we've got a country to save here, folks. We've got a Marxist ideology of sorts to institute, and he screwed it up. He screwed it up. Now, what is it that Black Lives Matter and Antifa and these professors, what is it that they want? Well, if you're trained in Marxism, and sometimes these professors are out of the closet, but many times they're in the closet. If you're trained in Marxism, you're trained to do and say exactly what Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and they're not alone, have to say. What they have to say. First of all, they talk about Marx and Engels. You must own education. Education. The goal isn't to teach people how to analyze, how to be critical thinkers, how to reason and rationalize. No, no. The goal is to create an army of modern term social advocates, an army of unthinking chanting Marxists. And that's what they're about. And what they, what they preach is history is the history of man is a history of class struggle over materialism. Where the feudal lords, landowners, and finally capitalists rule over the working class. And they preach that communism is the natural and final endpoint resulting from the motion of modern society. It's not an invention, discovery, reform, they argue. It is ultimately, certainly cannot be obstructed by law or politics because it's the truth. It's the truth. And they wrote, as the modern class struggle develops and takes definite shape, this fantastic standing apart from the contest, these fantastic attacks on it, lose all practical value and all theoretical justification. They therefore endeavor that consistently to deaden the class struggle and to reconcile the class antagonisms. Now let me ask you a question. Is the history of man the history of material class struggle? Is that the history of man? What about man's spirit? 
What about man's spirit? What about faith? That's not about material class struggle. Well, Marx has an answer to that. You must eliminate religion and faith. That's a throwback that's aimed at controlling people. And it gets into the way of the centrality of the state. And French philosopher Raymond Aron, of whom I am a huge fan, he observed a half century ago to declare flatly that a worker in a capitalist factory in France or the United States is by definition exploited. And that the worker in a Soviet factory is not, is not an example of synthetic thought. It's pure nonsense. And so what does he say, Iran? He says, well, look around the communist world. Are there classes? Are there intellectuals, politicians, workers? Yes, they're all those things that they say they oppose. And then they claim to, to speak for who? The working man and woman. The working man and woman. The proletariat versus the bourgeoisie. And these are the two classes. There are subclasses, Marx says, but these are the two fundamental classes. Is that how you view society? Because that's what your kids are being taught today. And I'm going to prove this to you over time. I'm going to prove this to you over time because we need to delve into these things now because you're surrounded by it. Uh, The people who are talking to you about these things are at a very superficial level. There's a reason why these phrases are used. There's a reason why statues are coming down. There's a reason why there's violence. There's a reason why uh, elitists, and I don't mean because they're smart. I mean because of the positions they hold, whether they are athletes, whether they're actors or actresses, whether they're in academia, there's a reason they say what they say and they are what they are. There's a reason for this. There's a reason the media are what the media are. And to be a Marxist is to be anti-constitution, anti-free markets, anti-individual liberty. And many of the people who spew this, or spew some aspect of it, wittingly or unwittingly, choose not to live the way of their propaganda, but a different way. But a different way. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion? All students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this study. College. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com.
We'll talk a little more about this next hour, and I want to move on to some other things, too. But, Mark, what do we do about it? I'll tell you what we do about it. Every time education's brought up, they get more money, whether it's government schools at the elementary, middle school, and high school levels, or whether it's colleges and universities that you and I subsidize, mostly through the states, but also the federal government through loans and also uh, loans to, uh, to kids. There needs to be true education reform. We need to break up the ideological monopoly that takes place among these faculties. We need to force them to be accountable for the way they spend the money. We need to be much more careful about what kind of textbooks are used, the kind of people who are hired. And the way you do that fundamentally is to cut their budgets. Have independent inspectors general go in, not just to see where the money goes, but see if kids are actually getting an education. There is no academic freedom, so we're not attacking academic freedom. We're defending academic freedom. This is a new civil right. I've talked about school choice as a civil right. The president has been saying that. That's very, very important. But it's not just school choice. Cleaning up our colleges and universities, preventing them from being Soviet-style indoctrination mills, that is a civil right. And we must examine this. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't just be the, the method for subsidizing and paying for our own country's demise through these universities and colleges. We have got to, we have got to counter this. We have got to, quote-unquote, resist this. And we start at the state level with state spending, which is the majority of the money that goes into these colleges and universities. There needs to be serious oversight and reform about what's going on in the classrooms. Not to dictate, but to find out. And I'll be back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know what happened in Baghdad this weekend, Mr. Producer? Over 100 people were shot. And 14 of them died, five of whom were children. Actually, that was Chicago, Illinois, our third largest city. Over 100 people shot. 14 died, 5 children, including a 3-year-old little boy, including a 13-year-old girl who was sitting at home watching TV on the sofa, and the bullet went through the window and then through her neck. Two young boys were minding their own business, 17 and 16. They were killed Saturday. Unbelievable. 
And people are pulling down monuments. And people are talking about police brutality. And people are talking about systemic racism. This isn't police brutality. It's not systemic racism. This is black-on-black murder, for the most part. Even more than that, these are human beings slaughtering human beings without any care whatsoever about what they're doing to other people, how old they are, how they're ending lives and ruining families. And you know why very little is going to be done about this? Because it doesn't fit the agenda. It doesn't fit the narrative that I've been talking about the first hour of fundamentally transforming America into some kind of hellhole. Because the answer to this kind of slaughter, in addition to other things I've talked about, improving the, uh, the business environment, improving the family environment, improving the educational environment, and so forth. But in order to deal with killers or would-be killers, you need more police, not less. You need more arrests, not less. You need longer prison sentences, not less. You need more jails, not less. That doesn't fit the narrative, that comes out of the Ivy League colleges. It doesn't fit the narrative that comes out of professional sports. It doesn't fit the narrative that you hear day in and day out, the droning on day in and day out on ESPN or CNN or MSNBC. It doesn't fit the narrative in the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. No, 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 no. Law and order, as the president says, are getting tough on criminals and tough on crime. That's the old school. That's the old book, according to Politico. And some guy, Tim Alberta, or whatever his name is. That's old school stuff. We're on a revolution here, man. We're, we're in a... We, we got things cooking now. I mean... It's systemic racism. We all know this. It's systemic racism. Both in society and among the police. That's what's causing all this. Right? And the criminals and the killers are laughing. They're laughing at the clowns on TV. They're laughing at the clowns in the media. They're laughing at the clowns at sports. They're laughing at the clowns in Hollywood. They're laughing at everybody. Because God gave us free will. Even when people were less free in this country, you didn't have this kind of slaughter going on in cities. Even when people were less free, they cared more about their families. Over 100 people shot in Chicago. Over 100 people on Father's Day weekend. 14 dead. Five kids. Want a baby? Seriously? And it's the worst since 2015. The worst weekend of slaughter since 2015. I'm thinking to myself, what the hell happened in 2015? This is why professional athletes, including LeBron James, but also non-black athletes, this is why they don't live in these communities, because they know they're dangerous. 
This is why none of the sportscasters live in these communities. This is why none of the Hollywood elite live in these communities. This is why none of the media live in these. They're too damn dangerous. Meanwhile, they have to keep pushing their agenda, their ideology. Okay, well, what's that going to fix? How many statues are going to get torn down that are going to address it? None. None. And America is always focused on the shiny object because the media always gives us the shiny object. Why? It's the narrative. It's the agenda. Social justice, social activism, more centralized, powerful elites, brainwashing our kids, redistributing wealth, rejiggering society, social engineers. That's the goal. That's the purpose. You can't have more cops. You can't have more jails. You can't have more prosecutors. You can't have longer criminal sentences because we're told the system is systemically racist. No. What's systemically racist is the failure to go into communities where there's grave, grave situations like this and to confront the hoodlums, the mobsters, the killers. But everybody's running around with iPhones. Now we have police reform. Based on what? Well, the George Floyd case. That's a bad cop. Who now faces life in prison? That was a big... No, we need police reform. We need to limit the number of police. We need to abolish some of the police departments. We need to slash their budgets. That'll fix it. Like I said, the killers are laughing at us. The gangsters are laughing at us. Okay, that's cool. You do the work for us. Media. Universities, Hollywood, Democrats, you do the work for us. You think the killers and the criminals and the would-be criminals are down for the revolution? Give a damn about any revolution. Well, everybody's making excuses for them. Killings are going up. See what happened in Minneapolis? 12 people shot, one murdered. New York, record shootings, record murder. All Democrat cities, all with the same agenda narrative. And nobody's going to criticize any of these mayors. Nobody. Now, if LeBron James were serious, he'd be calling out these mayors by name. If he's serious about what he says, not the way he says it, but he doesn't. He fo- he's focused on a very horrible situation with NASCAR and the driver, I forget the guy's name, and somebody threw a noose into his car. Is that what it is, Mr. Producer? Yes or no? In the garage? Okay. Well, that person needs to be found, obviously. So that's a terrible thing. So he, he tweets about that. Fine. Tweet about it. Denounce it. Attack it. But what about all this? These are costing people their lives. This is costing people their lives. These, the failure to have the kind of uh, police force, the numbers of police force, tough sentences, throwing the books, throwing the book at, at people who are violent. You don't hear that on the Democrat side. You don't hear that 
from professional athletes. You don't hear that from Hollywood. Why is that? Because they're Democrats. They're leftists. That's why. And this is carnage. Straight out. It's unbelievable. AOL, AP, 14 people, including five children, were killed. As more than 100 people were shot in a wave of gunfire in Chicago over the Father's Day weekend that produced the city's highest number of shooting victims in a single weekend this year. Among the victims was three-year-old Mikai James, who police said was fatally shot Saturday as the boy was in a car with his father in the South Austin neighborhood. Police said the child's 27-year-old father was the intended target when somebody fired shots at the vehicle, but he's not cooperating with detectives. How about some tweets about that? Community leaders are offering a $10,000 reward for any information in the boy's killing. Now, community leaders, I've seen pastors on the street, I've seen activists against crime who are never given the time of day by the media and so forth. With some local show I watched, local news. Now, after this three-year-old's fatal shooting, longtime community activist Andrew Holmes said he had spoken to one of the boy's relatives who said the child's mother's totally upset. She loved her baby. This baby had a family. The weekend's other young shooting victims included a 13-year-old girl who died after being shot in the neck while watching TV in her home. It's going on in American cities. And two boys, ages 17 and 16, killed in a separate shooting on Saturday. Now listen, I'm Mr. Conservative on talk radio, right? Where's everybody else talking about this? I don't watch ESPN anymore. Is anybody talking about it on ESPN? I'm damn serious. Police Superintendent David Brown, and this guy strikes me as very sharp. He came out of Dallas. He's now in Chicago. Said police were working hard to track down those responsible for the violence in several Chicago communities. He said gangs, guns, and drugs are the common threat in those shootings. Good men throughout this city city should be celebrating with their families on a beautiful day. But instead, a number of Chicagoans will be spending Father's Day grieving the loss of their children. In all, 102 people were shot across Chicago from Friday evening to Monday morning. The highest number of shooting victims in a single weekend this year. The violence comes nearly a month after Chicago. And it's deadliest... Weekend since 2015, as nine people were killed and another 27 wounded over Memorial Weekend. That's 130 people shot in two weekends. And 23 killed in an American city. I don't see the marching. Do you see the marching? I don't see Black Lives Matter in these communities doing a damn thing. Or Antifa. Or the Democrat Party that runs these cities. No, no, all day on the news, Trump's tweets, the size of the audience in Tulsa. All day, crap, crap, crap. It's all we hear. Because we don't get real news, as my guest on Sunday, 
Tim Grossclose pointed out. It's not reality that we see on TV. It's not reality that we get. It's, it's not a reality. It is liberal tripe. It's agenda-driven. Agenda-driven in one direction. I don't care what you watch. Comedy at night. Sports casters. So-called straight news. It's all the same crap. I mean, look at all this death and mayhem. Little kids getting blown to smithereens. And t- you know, there was a time where this mattered to everybody. Everybody. But apparently it doesn't. No Democrat mayors held to account. No Democrat city councils held to account. They're not going to change the narrative. The systemically... Racist police, well, guess what? Those systemically racist police in Chicago, which are of every race and every gender, they were really busy over the weekend answering calls, trying to save people, getting ambulances to the scene, getting people to hospitals. You know who did that? The cops. Not Antifa, not Black Lives Matter, not any damn college students or their professors, not any NBA or NFL players. They're nowhere to be seen. Nobody out of Hollywood. They're busy hunkering down in Beverly Hills. None of them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Now, Green Bay, if you haven't heard already, I want you to listen to your hero, Brett Favre. And I want you to see how, how society is pushed in one direction while things are going on in another direction. So Kaepernick now is a hero. It's as if he's Frederick Douglass or Martin Luther King. And why is he a hero? Why is he a hero? took a knee during the national anthem. That's a hero? Oh, yeah, it was very brave. You know, he lost his career. That's a hero? Here's Brett Favre in an interview with TMZ. Cut nine, go. It's not easy for a guy his age, black or white, Hispanic, whatever, to stop something that you've always dreamed of doing and put it on hold, maybe forever. It, for something that you believe in. You know, I can only think of right off the top of my head, Pat Tillman's another guy who did something, you know, similar. And, um, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Are you really this stupid, Brett Favre? I think you are. I think you're an absolute moron. Pat Tillman joined the United States military after 9-11. He was an outstanding linebacker, as I recall. He wanted to defend his country. He was a patriot. And unfortunately, he was killed by friendly fire. You compare Colin Kaepernick, who remains a multimillionaire with his multiple homes, who has not put his life on the line for anything, who's become a, an iconic movement leader among the left. You compare that to Tillman? Go ahead. I regard him as a hero, so I, I, I assume uh, that hero status will, will be stamped with, with Kaepernick as well. First of all, the guy can barely speak. He almost sounds like Joe Biden. But that said, the hero stamp, Kaepernick will be stamped with the hero stamp? Boy, have our standards uh, crumbled. You see, because, ladies and gentlemen, Colin Kaepernick awakened America to its systemically racist police force. And that's why he took a knee at the National Anthem. And moreover, look at his great sacrifice in his career. Really? I remember Ted Williams taking five years off to fight in World War II. There were many, many athletes who did that. Not fight against America, fight for America. Uh, And many others who have set their careers aside or set them back as a result of serving this country. Brett Favre, I will never look at you the same way. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. Insanity reigns, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to like this. Particularly Christians out there. This is at The Blaze. Black Lives Matter activist Sean King, he was also Bernie Sanders supporter, So statues of Jesus Christ should be torn down, but just the white ones. See, there's no end to this. They're a gross form of white supremacy. Black Lives Matter activist Sean King said that it is permissible to tear down the statues of Jesus Christ that show him with European features because they support white supremacy. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be pushback to this like we've never seen before. I'm not talking about violence or anything, but the pendulum swings. The pendulum swings. Yes, I think the statues of the white European they claim is Jesus should also come down. They are a form of white supremacy. Always have been, King tweeted on Monday. In the Bible, when the family of Jesus wanted to hide and blend in, guess where they weren't? Uh, Excuse me, guess where they went? Egypt, not Denmark. Tear them down, 
he says. Yes, all murals and stained glass windows of white Jesus and his European mother and their white friends should all come down. They are a gross form of white supremacy created as tools of oppression, racist propaganda. They should all come down. Shocking. King has been besieged by accusations from former activist partners and employees that he's been accepting much more money and donations that he's willing to account for publicly has denied the accusations. I'm just reading from The Blaze. He also made headlines during the Democratic primaries, the campaign surrogate for the presidential campaign of Bernie Sanders, after he misrepresented, excuse me, after he misrepresented a report by MSNBC's Rachel Maddow, and she responded negatively. So, let's see how this catches on. All the statues of Jesus, where Jesus is white, needs to come down, stained glass, any symbols whatsoever. Jesus must come down. You think I'm kidding when I say these people are Marxist anarchists? You think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding in the least. You think I'm kidding when I talk about all the useful idiots in our society that don't even know what and with whom they are teaming up? All the white Jesus has come down, Mr. Producer. What do you think of that? You know what I say? Let him try. Let him try. I think that's the one. That's the one that would trigger everything. Don't you think? I think vandalizing churches and vandalizing statues of Jesus and Stained glass windows with Jesus and so on. I think that, that'll be the line that's, that's crossed. That'll be the blue line that's been stepped over. This is the insanity, ladies and gentlemen, of the Marxist movement. Destroy everything that is. And you see, the Marxists would say, destroy all the statues of Jesus. Black, white, brown, doesn't matter. You know how we know that? Because that's exactly what they're doing in communist China. They're going into the churches and taking down all the Jesus statues. You know what else they're putting up, Mr. Producer? Posters of Xi. Posters of Xi. Maybe we can put up posters of... uh... Forget it. Technology has improved just about... And by the way, this guy, Sean King, he's no small actor. He's a big deal. He is attached to Black Lives Matter. And I want to ask people a goodwill out there, whatever your faith, whatever your skin color, whatever your ancestry. Do you think this is bringing the country together? Or do you think it's going to tear us apart for decades and decades to come? I think the latter. Mobs should not be able to pull down any monuments. I don't care who the hell the statue is of. I don't care. If a town wants to do that, let them vote on it. Go through a lawful process. Mobs shouldn't be able to tear down anything. Because next thing you know, there'll be a mob tearing down what you support. Next thing you know, there'll be a mob looting and burning your home and your neighborhood. These things get out of control. Oh, you you must be for law and order. Uh, Yes, I am. And I also back the cops. And I don't make apologies either. And no, I don't believe in Tim Scott's bill. 
I think the president's executive order is plenty. What do you think of that? Plus, Tim Scott doesn't have the guts to come on here and discuss his bill. Why, I don't know. Why, I don't know. But I don't care either. Technology has improved just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping. Yet mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better. And finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to purple. Now, the secret to purple is the purple grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple is for every body, no matter how you sleep. Their purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable purple grid won't sink or lose shape. Purple's so confident in what they do that every purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Experience is the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash Levin. That's purple.com slash Levin and use promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N. And for a limited time, you'll get $150 off your purple mattress order, $1,500 or more. That's 100-night trial. Free. Risk-free. Nobody does that. You know, two months. One, that's over a quarter of a year. I'm serious. Go to purple.com slash L-E-V-I-N, promo code L-E-V-I-N, for $150 off any mattress order of $1,500 or more. You won't regret this. My daughter just got one of these beds. That's purple.com slash Levin, promo code Levin. Terms apply. Wow. What else should we rip down? What else should we burn? Aren't you getting pissed off, ladies and gentlemen? I'm really pissed off. First, they try and take out our president with a coup. Talking about the left. They control our universities. They control our entertainment and culture. They control all of our big cities. They control our educational system. They control most of our corporations now. And now they're really tightening the screws. Propaganda, censorship, attacking free speech. Corporations are buckling like dominoes. They're falling because their executives, their board of directors come out of these same damn universities and colleges. Mark, you must be anti-higher education. Excuse me? I excelled at their game. I graduated with high honors from college. I skipped 12th grade. I'm not bragging, I'm just explaining. I graduated from college in three years. Then I went to law school. It was even bad then, but it's worse now. It's worse now. I feel sorry for my kids and grandkids. I really do. What kind of country we're creating for them. Where they're going to be attacked because of their race no matter what. No matter how hard they work, what they achieve, no matter what. And it's only going to get worse. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people coming into the country who are not assimilating or they're assimilating 
to the left's ideas of what our country should become rather than what our country is. You know what, Mark? I can't vote for Trump. I, I just, I do not like the way he tweets. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I wrote a book called Liberty and Tyranny. This is an election about liberty and tyranny. You either stand with liberty or you stand with tyranny. The Democrat Party is the party of tyranny. Has Joe Biden said, mumbled, even through his gibberish, what he loves about America? How about his likely running mate? I've been saying it's going to be Kamala Harris. I hope I'm wrong. I don't know. Has she ever said what she loves about America? Her parents were immigrants into this country. Has she ever said what she loves about America? I've never heard her. Has LeBron James, a billionaire, ever said what he loves about America? How about Steph Curry? Has Greg Popovich said anything about the slaughter in the city of Chicago that's taken place? Or the shootings in Minneapolis and New York? You want to check his tweet account, Mr. Producer? His Twitter? Popovich. Yes. If they are, they're not saying a lot. They're a little comment here and there. They're a little verbal hit and run, but not much else. Did anybody hear Chuck Schumer talk about this today? No. Anybody hear Nancy Pelosi talk about this today? No. Why? Why? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. That's why. We're busy punishing the cops. We're busy punishing the cops. You know what's interesting? I'll say it. This ex-cop who killed George Floyd, and we all saw it, we all had the same reaction. We have no idea if he was motivated by race. We know he was a bad cop. We saw what he did. But we have no idea if he was motivated by race. I haven't even heard that yet through the various investigations. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. But we haven't heard it. It's just assumed. So I say, maybe it was. But I've looked. And Keith X, who's the Attorney General, he hasn't said that. Maybe it was. But I don't know. You don't know either. None of us know. Because nobody's told us. Really, I'll tell you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, we had an extraordinary experiment over the last few months involving the shutting down of America. And the American people didn't like it. At least those of us who actually work. Those who are on the take, bureaucrats, people on the dole, mostly Democrat constituents, they weren't all that troubled by it. But those people who work own businesses, employees, are very, and we're very troubled by it. 
And so, really, the government in the various levels and areas of the country were forced, to one degree or another, to open. Because the American people were opening anyway. So now we're getting these endless media reports about how cases of the Wuhan China virus are spiking. Particularly in Florida and Texas, you know, states where you have good governors. Now, no matter how many times these governors explain it, it doesn't matter. First of all, as an individual, you will decide if you're going to be smart or not. I wear a mask in most environments, and I have my hand sanitizer with me. Why not? I wear a hat, too, to make sure the sun doesn't burn the top of my bald head. I also wear pants. Do you wear pants, Mr. Producer? There's things that you do, you just do because you need to do it, right? Okay, so a mask is one of those. Now, if you don't want to wear it, my view is, okay, then you'll deal with it. I wear it. Not everywhere, but in a lot of places. I mean, I don't wear it in the car when I'm driving by myself. Or when I'm, uh, you know, outside with a net trying to catch butterflies, I don't wear it. (laughs) But when I'm around other people, I wear it. Whatever. So what we know is that it is being revealed through more and more tests that more and more people have this virus. If you do no tests or less tests, then fewer and fewer people have the virus. So this is the the common denominator. There's nothing unusual about it. We're also learning what? That many of the people that have it or are getting it are younger people, under 50. So they are less likely to have serious effects. can have some effects and less likely to die. We know this. Plus now Governor Cuomo has been told to stop killing senior citizens at nursing homes and uh, assisted living homes. So that's helped uh, reduce that rate, too. I don't know about the other Democrat governors. Uh, but that said, and so uh, they keep talking about the spike is mostly among young people. It's mostly among people who are not going to die from it. And why did this happen, Mr. Producer? Because everybody was told to stay home. That's why. Because everyone was told no more schools. And what did I say three months ago, Mr. Producer? Now people are going to get it. Why? Because they were hunkering down. Now they're out like free human beings. Social, you know, talking to each other, going to the store, filling up their car, living their lives. So it was like, now now there's a spike. Well, what the hell did you expect? Because people didn't get the antibody by getting it. Now they are. The media are so driven by ideology and so stupid on the whole. I have to watch it to critique it. You don't have to. You don't have to. You know, my friends, we live in trying times. Being conservative puts us under fire, but we're not alone. One group stands out and has for years, AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Members get money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a great bi-monthly magazine filled with content and analysis not available anywhere else. AMAC has your back and mine because I'm a member and I've been a long time. AMAC gives you what mainstream media won't, the truth. And they're a powerful voice for conservatives in Washington. Now, if you care about our future as much as I do, 
Then join AMAC today. Help them fight for individual liberty, free speech, freedom of religion and assembly, the right to keep and bear arms, as many as you want, free markets, a sovereign nation, and all the values we hold dear. Over 2 million constitutional conservatives like you and me have already joined AMAC. I encourage you to stand with us by becoming a member too. And here's how you do it. Go to amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. They have great benefits and discounts too, folks. Help preserve the America we love. amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. By the way, next hour, we have the Republican leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy. I want to talk to him about what's going on uh, in, in uh, in the White House in a few days, what's going on in Israel, what's going on among Democrats, who apparently hate Israel now, Uh, and among Republicans. I think you'll find this fascinating, regardless of your faith and so forth. I happen to know an individual, and he is a medical student, Mr. Mr. Producer. And he by far is near the top 20% of the class right now. And in terms of getting awards and honors, you know what they told him today and anybody else that's in the top? We're not doing this this way anymore because of pervasive, historic, systemic racism. We've got to find out another way to hand out awards. So it can't simply be based on your hard work and your grades. It has to be based on something else. Sickening. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 All right. I don't want to talk about statues now. I want to talk about other things. I will also discuss with Kevin McCarthy in a few minutes. Because he and a certain number of Republicans have had the guts to sign a letter and send it to the Prime Minister of Israel to counter the Democrats. I just want you to think this through. It's, it's in kind and it's like what we've been talking about the first two hours. Black Lives Matter is not only a Marxist anarchist organization which has been proudly admitted to by two of its co-founders. But it is a deeply anti-Semitic organization. And so when mayors in major cities, whether it's New York, de Blasio, whether it's Bowser in Washington and others, embrace Black Lives Matter or Mitt Romney, I'm not, call, I'm not talking about lowercase b, lowercase L, lowercase M, Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the organization. They're embracing a Marxist organization that wants to overthrow America and is anti-Semitic. 
So are the athletes, so are members of people in Hollywood, so are members of the media, and so is the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party is growing increasingly anti-Semitic the more it moves to the left. Because Marxist communists are notoriously Jew-haters. And so as the, as the left devours and uses the more the Democrat Party and uses it as a vessel, you're seeing these, these elements arise. And even within the Jewish community, there are such groups as J Street and others, which are suicidal in many respects. Because for them, the religion is the ideology of the hard left. Even though they claim to be made up of, of Jews, Jews by birth, but they are what they are. <clears throat> Now, the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Israel and their aides negotiated a peace deal. I'm not going to get into the weeds on the peace deal. It's available online. And one of the things this peace deal recognizes is the right of return of the Jewish people to parts of Judea and Samaria. Now, I've told you before, Judea should sound familiar to you because Judea and Jewish are very similar. There's a reason for that. These are the original homelands of the Jewish people. They are in the indigenous peoples of Judea and Samaria, period. You won't find the Palestinians in the Bible or anywhere else 3,500 years ago in Judea or Samaria because they weren't there. But when you ignore history, American history, ancient history, then you advance the cause of the radical left. Now under this peace deal, in its most basic terms, the United States agreed that Israel, through a mapping process, could have official recognized sovereignty over approximately 30% of these lands in Judea and Samaria, where half a million Jews live, and a a minority of Palestinians. Virtually the rest of the land uh, would be available to the Palestinians. But in order for the Palestinians under the plan to be able to engage in a process in which they might be able to create their own state, They must swear off a couple of things. They must agree in advance not to kill Jews. I kid you not. They must agree in advance not to pay the families whose members, through terrorist acts, kill Jews a pension, a subsidy. That can be up to two or three thousand dollars a month, depending on how many people they kill and what and how much press they get. And they must recognize Israel as the Jewish state. Those are three basic requirements. And the Palestinians say they'll do none of those. None of them. The Democrats, first in the Senate, 19 of them, Kim, uh, Tim Kaine among others. And well over 100, about 120 of them in the House, 
have signed letters to the Prime Minister of Israel because they're public. It's not like I'm getting them. They're public. Warning him that he and the state of Israel better not annex, A-N-N-E-X, annex these territories on the West Bank. They better not go forward with the peace deal that they agreed to with the Trump administration. Because, the Democrats say, we insist on the two-state solution with international involvement and international authorization and on and on and on. And they say this would be illegal. Well, under international law, it's actually not illegal in the least. I've done a lot of posting the last 24 to 48 hours. You can check it out on Mark Levin Show Facebook and Mark Levin Show Twitter. I just don't have time to go through it all here. Now, keep in mind... Israel not only has a right to return and a right to sovereignty over these lands because they are the indigenous people to these lands. And Democrats used to care about indigenous peoples. They do, unless they're Jews. And they obviously need to have control over these areas also for their own self-defense. Iran is now building, and it's unquestionable, it's undeniable, nuclear weapons. If you've been reading the... uh, the stories on this and not following uh, sort of Black Lives Matter and reading other things, or Antifa, or what have you. It's very serious. So, with all the pressure, the pressure from the country of Jordan, Saudi Arabia, the European Union, which always is anti-Israel, the UN, which of course is anti-Israel, and others, putting pressure on our administration... The administration basically said, hey, look, let's wait till the election. Let's see if Netanyahu wins, because we may have to deal with Gantz, the deputy, uh, the, uh, the former general. Netanyahu wins. And Netanyahu today is the most popular politician in the state of Israel. In fact, he could form a government today without any coalition with Gantz. And Gantz is now a very unpopular politician in Israel, The so-called Blue and White Party has dissolved, effectively, and his party has about 15 members and a Knesset of 20 members. Whereas Netanyahu today, without Gantz, could have a a coalition of anywhere from 65 to 67. So if there was an election today, he'd win in a landslide. But he's got this coalition. And one of the main things he ran on was embracing the Trump peace deal. And so the standard was said, okay, you need to win, and then, you know, fine, and so forth. Okay, he wins. And July 1's coming around, and he says, I want to act by July 1. We've got our mapping pretty well done, and, and it's time. Well, Gantz, his top confidant when he was running, basically, for prime minister, uh, was an Obama campaign operative. And Gantz is basically the pup. And so he's playing rope with dope. He's trying to stretch this thing out or really, really limit it. Uh, even though he's part of this coalition government. He's, so he's sort of undermining Netanyahu and the Trump plan. But the Trump administration... It's not clear if they're going to change the bar, lower it or raise it here. 
because there's been talk, as I read in the media, I don't have inside information. I want to make that abundantly clear. It's in the Jerusalem Post. It's in the Israeli papers. It's in some of the American papers. It's on some of the websites, which I monitor, as I monitor everything. That maybe Israel shouldn't act too quickly. Maybe we need to get more Arab states involved. Maybe we need to internationalize it. So in other words, if you do any of those things, it'll kill this. It'll kill it. If you do any of those things, it'll kill it. So this week, there are big meetings going on. You could read it in the paper. You can read it on websites, Axios. You can read it on in Jerusalem Post and so forth at the White House this week to determine what the position of the administration is going to be. And so now the, the opponents of this, particularly Jordan, which has a security deal with Israel. Israel doesn't need Jordan for its security. Jordan is, a, is basically a, 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 a throwback monarchy, a very weak country with a whole lot of Palestinians. Uh, but in the, you remember, it, it captured Judea and Samaria, called it the West Bank, and all the uh, Israel haters t- continue to call it the West Bank. It's not the West Bank. It's West Bank for 19 years. It's been Judea and Samaria for 3,500 years. Doesn't matter. So that's why I've been posting on this issue. I believe it is morally and historically correct for the administration to continue with its promise, with its deal, and to allow the prime minister to go forward. And I say allow because the prime minister can go forward, frankly, without the administration. But he's trying to, based on what I'm reading, coordinate this with his ally, the president. And so this is, this is a concern I have. If this is put off for any period of time, it's never going to happen because Biden has already said he won't do it. The Democrats have already said they're not going to do it. So this is a one in a thousand year proposition. Why does it matter to the United States? Why does it matter at all? Well, first of all, there's a lot of people of faith in our country too who read the Bible. And I'm not just talking about Jews, Orthodox, Hasidic Jews. For instance, evangelical Christians. Many of whom believe in the literal word of the Bible. And so this is preordained. That's number one. Number two, there's a poll out recently in Politico, or a story in which it says, believe it or not, the president is having some softness among evangelicals. So it's not only the, the historically right thing to do and the, politically, and the morally right thing to do, it's the politically smart thing to do. To excite voters and supporters and number three the Arab states are rooting for Trump to lose. Because they want Biden and they want the Democrats. The Jewish state of Israel is rooting for Trump to win. In other words, know who your allies and your friends are. Know who your allies and your friends are. 
And then there's a fourth reason. We conservatives, whether we're religious or not religious, many of whom are, this is important to us too. This is very important to us. Israel provides us with a buffer. Israel provides us with an awful lot of intelligence. Yes, we give Israel money, but there's a lot of countries we give money to that don't give us anything in return. If Israel wasn't there, what the hell would we do? We wouldn't have eyes and ears on Iran. We wouldn't have eyes and ears on other enemies. The Russians are there. The Chinese are there, and on and on and on. So it's very important to conservatives, too. So this is why this issue I raise, because if I don't raise it, nobody else will. And there are tens of millions of you out there who agree with me, and I want you to be aware of this. This is going on now. And both parties are exposing themselves for the good and for the bad. The Democrat Party is exposing itself as an anti-Israel NAOC and Presley and Bernie Sanders. Ask them. And then we're going to ask Kevin McCarthy, who's about to come on, in the letter that he, the other Republicans in leadership and other members of the Republican Party wrote to counter the Democrats. I'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now, some of you are probably thinking, Mark, don't we have enough problems in our own country? Of course we do. But a decision's going to be made. It's not like I'm in charge of this, right, Mr. Producer? It's going to be made correctly or concerning to me, potentially incorrectly. So it's not like if I don't post on it or talk to you about it, it's going to go away. It doesn't go away. We've got a lot going on on multiple fronts. The Democrat Party is at war with this country. I might add they're at war with Israel too, but they're at war with this country. And I get behind this microphone every day to fight them. Then I get on TV, whether it's Levin TV or our Fox program, and fight them. I hope you watched our Sunday Fox program. And now I'm doing what I... What I do every other year, I'm going to spend the next 12 to 16 months, if I can speed it up, I will, but I don't think so, weekend after weekend, night after night, 
gathering my thoughts and arguments for taking on the left and what they're doing to this country. I'm circling the project and circling and circling it, trying to figure out the best way to address it, the best way to push back. That's what I'm doing. I don't just talk, I really do try. And so really, when I look at the situation in Israel, the people, this is why I saved it for the last hour, the people who hate America hate Israel. They're the same people. The same people. And they're on a precipice of a truly remarkable event. I also think I should have added that if this fails, this will be used against the president in the election too. To have this this peace deal and then not to implement the peace deal uh, because of pressures or because of whatever the arguments are, that will go down as a defeat. And I don't want that to happen to the president either. So I, I'm not, you see, unlike others, I'm not out to sabotage the administration. I'm out to help, help the administration. I tell you everything I believe. I don't play games. I'm not hiding anything. These are my beliefs. It's not based on what anyone else has said to me. It's based on my beliefs that I've held for decades and decades. Those of you who listen to this program know that full well. All right, when we come back, Kevin McCarthy, excuse me, the Republican leader of the House. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Republican leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Good. I see you took a hit. <laughs> you take hits now and then on, yeah. uh, on TV and radio. But you hang in there. You like the Energizer Bunny, aren't you? That's right. Uh, you never got to stop. Ne- you should never apologize for fighting, and in no other time in this history do we need time to fight for this country. I mean, watching what's happening in Seattle. Oh, my God. Look, did you see what they did in San Francisco? tearing down the statue of Father Sierra. This is, the, this is the saint who founded nine Spanish missions in California. Mm-hmm. And George Washington, this, this is no longer about a protest. This is about going to the core, and it's senseless, and trying to destroy what America stands for. Well, you know, I hope when any of these monuments or these statues are federal, that we throw the federal law enforcement book at the rioters. I really do. Because uh, you can't have, you know, if a town wants to do something and it's a local, they'll do it. But you can't have 
marauding mobs going around, pulling down. And by the way, I noticed they leave the FDR statue up, the Woodrow Wilson statue, all, all the big left-wing Democrats. They said, but I don't want to get you in trouble. Don't get into that. Yeah, no, all right. I understand completely. Kevin McCarthy, uh, you and uh, your leadership and many Republicans signed a letter, and you sent it to the Prime Minister of Israel, uh, and you were countering what is apparently this growing anti-Israel mentality on the far left of the Democrat Party that's spreading to the rest of the Democrat Party. Can you explain what you did? So what we did, and more than 115 Republican members signed on, we sent a letter to Prime Minister Netanyahu reaffirming our support for the U.S.-Israel alliance and our commitment supporting Israel's right to make sovereign decisions to ensure defensible borders. Because what we find now is that these Democrats are, used to be a bipartisan issue about defending Israel. No longer. Now that AOC and the others come forward, they believe in the BDS movement to boycott Israel, to go against Israel, to predetermine that they can't even defend themselves or even be able to build in certain areas. How could you ever be? The only democracy in the Middle East is Israel um, and America's greatest ally. And for the idea that they are shifting, we wanted to make sure Israel understood where the majority of us stand. And we stand with them, and they can make a sovereign decision to ensure their defensible borders. That means if they have to build, if they have to go on the West Bank, then they should be able to do that. That's their country. You know what, concern, and that's the point. They, they, the, the Jews have had, they're the indigenous people of, these, of Judea and Samaria 3,500 years ago. And, and one of the things I just want to underscore here is, is it your position, the position of Republicans in the House that, that signed the letter that, look, Israel made this deal, the President Netanyahu made this deal, so they should go ahead and execute the deal? Exactly. I'm concerned if that doesn't happen and more delays and time goes on, the Democrats are going to build this opposition in the Arab states, the EU and the UN, where it's going to become incredibly difficult to do it. Does that concern you? It gravely concerns me. This is the moment in time that we can have peace in the Middle East. This is different than the other peace plans in the past. This will help the Palestinians be able to grow their economy. The idea that predetermining where they go is totally wrong. And that's what the Democrats want to do. They want to hold back to have status quo. We know status quo has not worked. And remember what this president has done. Different than any other president before him, Republican or Democrat, he kept his promises. He moved the embassy to Jerusalem. He mm-hmm. pulled us out of the terrible Iran deal. And he recognize, he's recognizing Israel's claim to the Golan Heights. He's standing up to China, and he's standing up for the American flag. That is what the world wants to see, and that makes the world actually safer. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some big meetings apparently going on at the uh, White House to determine whether or not to support Israel and the prime minister moving forward or whether there should be other issues to discuss and so forth and so on. Um, is there really any serious reason why they shouldn't go for it? In other words, the deal was made. It's been months since the deal was made. A lot of the Arab countries have always opposed it. We know the EU is going to oppose it. At this point, I feel they should get started and go ahead and implement it. Remember what they said was going to happen if you moved the embassy to Jerusalem? Ah, yes. Remember all that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and there'd be violence. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would create war over there. No, a great, greater stability. Other countries follow suit. Mm-hmm. And every the, the past 
individuals who ran for president promised to do that, and then when it came time, always found the excuse not to. Congress voted back in the 90s for us to do that, but then always find a time for a way to get out of it. This is a time to keep your promises. If you want to have peace, there is a new vision. It was unveiled. It's an opportunity for a vision for a peace plan that works for all. And that's why you've got to start on it now. Our people will not trust your word of what you were due. We've always kept our word moving forward, and that's why I thought it was critical that we sent the letter to make sure Israel understands that we stand with them, we stand with democracy. And this new progressive movement within the Democratic Party is not where America is at. And you and I and many others were at that ceremony where the president was, where Benjamin yes, Netanyahu that's true. was. We were right. Remember we just, that? We were one or two rows with, um, right by each other. Mm-hmm. And um, let, let's go on about a couple other issues here. The Democrats want to basically... Uh, eviscerate our police forces. They believe in, if not eliminating, so watering down qualified immunity that police officers and their families can be sued by by lawyers for almost anything, which means you're going to destroy them, you're going to destroy police departments, you're going to destroy public safety. Uh, I hear Schumer today go on and say, you guys are just sort of suggestions and so forth. Are these not Democrat cities? Are these not Democrat decisions? Are these not Democrats who are allowing their cities to burn and so forth? They are. Look, look at the cities that are falling apart with Seattle, Minneapolis. They've all run by Democrats. Remember Seattle when they put this little six block and this is going to be utopia, and mm-hmm. now we find somebody was shot? And then when those who came, who they didn't want to have there, to come in to rescue an individual were not allowed in, so a person bled out and died? That's what the future holds if the Democrats continue along their path. We believe in the rule of law. We believe in consequences. It's a fundamental when it comes to America. The idea that you're going to cut funding to police is a backwards idea. We should actually invest more, supply the training. But if you're going to sit back and allow somebody to always be sued as an officer, nobody is going to do the job, especially not good officers. We want to make sure we're able to remove bad officers. The number one people who want bad officers gone are all the good officers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Every day they put their life on the line. There are there are almost a hundred every year who lose their life doing that for people they don't even know. And the idea that when they go out there, not making a fortune, but their children are not going to be able to go to college because they got sued, is not a way to have a protective force that protects all of us. I want to swing back to something. Nancy Pelosi is removing four portraits of speakers of the House who she says, and she may be right, were associated with or, uh, or involved in the Confederacy. How long has Nancy Pelosi been in the House of Representatives? 30 years, maybe? Yeah, between her and Stinney and Clyburn, I think they're over 120 years. Is this the first time they've even suggested doing this? And this isn't the first time she's been Speaker. Now, Now, remember, who are these people that she's removing? They're all Democrats. One was a Whig and became a Democrat. So the Speaker has the power to do this, but what I raise the question is, why would she want to stop there? Why wouldn't she change the name of her party? Oh, I, I, I agree with this. I've been saying this, too. We are the party of Lincoln. Yep. 
I take pride. The first African Americans ever to become members of Congress were Republicans. There were 23. And what did the Democrats in the South do? They worked to change the laws. Think about what this world would look like if Abraham Lincoln was not assassinated. Malice towards none. The idea of those Jim Crow laws coming. And then, why would she stop with just changing her party name? Why wouldn't she change the nominee? Because Joe Biden, in 2010, this wasn't in the 1800s, this wasn't in the 1970s, went to the eulogy to a member who was part of the KKK, Senator Byrd, and he spoke as Vice President of the United States. And he said, and I quote, he was a friend, he was a mentor, and he was a guide. This is who they honored. By the, by the way, Congressman, spoke. do you know who else spoke? Who else spoke? Mr. Producer, wasn't it Nancy Pelosi? Nancy Pelosi spoke. Should and she fact, step down as speaker? I, I mean, you're right. If we're going to purify, we need to purify. In fact, we ought to go into West Virginia and tear down all the Bob uh, Bird uh, signs and everything. Now, in other words, we're reaching a point here where um, this so-called purification is very, very damaging to the country. This is our history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You don't wipe out our history. You learn from our history. People need to know who these generals are, and they need to not like a lot of them. And they need to know... What are we going to do, burn the books? What's that? We strive to be a more perfect union. The idea that they're going after Grant, the idea they go after George Washington, um, the idea they go after Father Sierra, it shows... Are they true in their sense? And if she wants to remove these four portraits, please don't stop there because they were all Democrats. And what was her Democratic Party tied to? It was tied to the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. What was the Republican Party? The first president ever of the Republican Party was Abraham Lincoln. What do we stand for and what do we stand for then? All right, Kevin McCarthy, I want to thank you. I think that's a great letter. Maybe you can get more of your members to sign the letter. I believe we will. It's just getting started. All right, take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, it is a good point, isn't it? I'm a Democrat. Oh, the party of the Confederacy. You know, this Lincoln group, which is a bunch of, you know, never Trump or thugs, keeps showing the Confederate flag and the president of the United States. The president of the United States doesn't embrace segregation or the Confederacy or anything of the sort. The Democrat Party did. This Lincoln Project is, <clears throat> is a real propaganda machine. Run very vicious, nasty ads. I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Here's a genius headline in the media. Trump immigration crackdown targets foreign workers. Uh, well, what other kind of workers would it target, Mr. Producer? And it's not targeting foreign workers. It's protecting American workers. We have 40 million people out of work. You see these slobs in the media who sit on their fat asses. They don't know how the food gets in their mouth because they don't ever grow it. They don't know how the fuel gets in their car. Doesn't matter. They don't know how electricity gets to their house. They don't know how they have clean water and sewer. They don't know how any of this happens. And that's one of the things about this left-wing movement. All the people who talk, whether they're athletes, whether they're former drama students, um, whatever they are, they don't grow anything. They don't build anything. They don't feed anybody. They have reached the pinnacle of life in America. And they spit on everybody else. My buddy Alan West wrote a brilliant piece. I believe it's at cns.com. I just linked to it. I want to suggest that you read it. It's a black man's letter, he says, to Black Lives Matter. And, of course, Alan West almost lost his life in a uh, horrific motorcycle accident. He's doing okay. He's healing. I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he, he is such a great guy. He really is. Such a great patriot. And there are many. There are many. You know what is interesting to me? You had all these so-called mostly peaceful protests. A phrase you don't have to use when it comes to us. They're always peaceful. Oh, no, no, no. They're mostly peaceful protests. I was at many Tea Party protests, and every one of them was peaceful. Always peaceful. They never went into the crowds and asked these people what their backgrounds are. Are they college students? Are they professors? Are they teachers? Who are they? Never. Because they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know anything. Because the media have the same mentality. Did you ever think we live in a country where they're pulling down statues of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson? Where we have to remove a statue of Theodore Roosevelt? Not Franklin Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. Do you ever think we live in a country where they're taking down statues of Christopher Columbus? Ulysses S. Grant? And right now as I speak, there's a mob that's gathered in Lafayette Park trying to take down the, the statue of Andrew Jackson. And so far they've been unsuccessful since the local police have brought in some reinforcements. Yes, these are Marxists and they're anarchists. They're not taking down any statues on any college campuses of any hardcore leftists. They're not demanding that the books about Mao and Lenin and Stalin, the books about Castro, be removed from any libraries, or that any movies or documentaries about them be removed. Have you noticed that? They're not demanding that the vast majority of tenured college professors, many of whom are Marxists, but almost all of whom are leftists, be removed. They're not challenging tenure. They're not challenging any of the textbooks. No, 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 no. 
Not at all. And they're not talking about all those people who were murdered over the weekend. None of them are. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all you folks out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being there. And I'll be with you here tomorrow. God bless and be safe. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 